Blake Amino. I'm a freshman here at Northwestern University, double majoring in econ and international studies. And I'm Maria Carmonio, and I'm also a freshman here at Northwestern, and I'm majoring in journalism. For this podcast, I think we want to clarify that what we mean by Latin music isn't just Latin artists. Like, we're not just going to be out here talking about, like, Selena Gomez. Or Demi Lovato. Yeah, or, like, anyone who's, like, remotely, like, just Latino but makes music in English. Like, we're talking about, like, real Latin American, like, artists. Artists, yeah. And, like, the type of music that primarily comes from Latin America but is not really only listened to Latin America. Exactly. As we will discuss in our podcast. However, in this episode of our podcast, we are touching on Latin American artists who do make music in English. Yeah, so that's kind of why we made this podcast is because we love Latin music and we listen to Latin music all the time in our room. Yes. Um, on the way to class. We have passionate discussions about Latin music on the bus to Chicago. And we kind of just feel that, like, um, Latin music is not really represented in the U.S., even though, um, like, it is listened to by a lot of people in the United States. Yeah, in 2018, the fifth most heard genre in the U.S. was Latin music, and it surpassed EDM and country music, which, I mean, I'm not sorry about it surpassing country. I mean... (laughs) It makes sense. <laughs> so, kind of, like, going off of that, like, our the relationship we have with Latin music, uh, like, growing up has been very different. Yes, for sure. So, it's kind of weird that, like, we both have this, like, the same passion and love for it, even though we come from very different, like, backgrounds, and I think, guess. do you want to talk about your background? Um, so, I moved to the U.S. I moved to Michigan when I was six years old. Um, And I grew up in Farmington Hills, Michigan, which is considered one of the most diverse cities or, like, areas in the U.S., but, like, even with that, like, there were still only 10 Latinos in my class of, like, 300-some people. So, um, for me, my experience with Latin music has been very individual. I, like, started listening to Latin music, like, um, sophomore year, and I would be like, hey, guys, listen to this, but then, like, my friends didn't speak Spanish. So they were like, oh, cool, that's okay, <laughs> because they, like, didn't know what I was talking about. But, like, for you, it was very different. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, um, from my experience, I'm from Dominican Republic. I just moved to the U.S. about, I think now it's four months. She's an international student. So <laughs> exotic. <laughs> so exotic. So, so exotic. tropical. Ooh. But um, I, like, grew up in, obviously, a Latin American country, so, obviously, Latin American music was what I would hear on the radio. By the time I was, like, in my teenage years, it kind of, like, became this thing where I just, like, felt very connected to it. As well as, like, just, you would, like, go to parties and that's the only music they would be playing. So, like, yeah, eventually, mm, yeah. That if you want to avoid being the awkward person who doesn't know what's playing, you eventually learn the songs. And then I had the privilege of, like, being able to go to summer programs in the U.S. while I was in high school. So I got to meet a lot of American kids by the time, like, Latin music was yeah. on the rise. Yeah, <laughs> it was just very, like, different. And it was very interesting to come from another country that, like, was that was solely the music you listened to. To being the only one who listens to it. it exactly. Kind of, yeah. And also, like, the idea of, like, people being more open to it, I guess. Like, I wasn't... I was more surprised by people being like, oh... I want to listen to this. Can you recommend, like, songs for me to listen to? 
than like them being like oh she listens to latin music but like that's it like, yeah i mean i think like we're kind of talking about this too like there's definitely been a change in the u.s recently mm-hmm. um in which people listen to latin music more like so also just like another introductory thing for our podcast <laughs> um we're mostly focusing on reggaeton and urbano um which are like under the umbrella of latin music yes um there's obviously a lot more there's banda norteña classic mexican uh like jose miguel not jose miguel that's my uncle <laughs> That's Luis. my stepdad, <laughs> Luis Miguel and Jose Jose. Um, but yeah, and so first we wanted to start with some misconceptions about reggaeton. Oh yes, I guess we both have had this experience where our parents were like, "Oh my God, reggaeton!" Yeah, like That's... I told my parents I'm doing a, a podcast on reggaeton, and my mom was like, "Reggaeton!" <laughs> like scandal. She was scandalized. If you listen to like some of the big reggaeton like and urbano like hits they're kind of like the language they use sometimes can come off as kind of vulgar yeah it's kind of like dirty yeah but we've talked about this in the past like we both think that it's very like they like it, the it artist, wouldn't make sense if they didn't use that type of language. yeah like the more you listen to reggaeton the more you can tell that like the words they use they use it to either catch people's attention, yeah, and then they also use it ironically. Like the, these artists know what they're doing. Like oh, for sure, they it put is. a lot of thought. Yeah, yeah, like it's true art. Yeah, yeah, and so I think also like reggaeton has like a negative connotation with the older generation. Oh, uh, for sure, it's what like Elvis saying, Presley. Yeah. Like um, like in the fifties, people kind of thought Elvis Presley was like scandalous and like dirty. That's what the older generation thought, but now he's, like, an icon. And I think reggaeton kind of is that way, too. Like, the older generation is like, oh, this is so scandalous. Like, oh, (laughs) our children's minds. (laughs) Cover their ears. Cover their ears. Um, But I think also reggaeton, like, some of the, like, stigma surrounding reggaeton is because it comes from predominantly, like, Caribbean sound. Yes. And so the Latino population is kind of... It's not racist, necessarily, because we're all kind of the same. We're a mixture of races, but it's, like, colorism. Well, like, the thing is, we've had this discussion in the past, and we yeah. obviously we're not going to get too much into it because it's... That's not what this podcast is Yeah, about. and it's also very controversial, but I think colorism is definitely a thing in Latin America. It's just stereotypes. So, yes. like, yeah, so, like, the older generation has, like, a stereotype for, like, what reggaeton is. Yes. And, like, it's, like, it's subconsciously racist but we're not gonna really get into that um but yeah so earlier we were talking about um how recently we've seen a rise of latin music in the u.s and i think the first one like there's we been, have to give it credit as much as we hate to yeah i mean there's been like some hits here and there like danza coduro and like gasolina like those still go hard everywhere yeah uh but the first one like that really like that really resonated with people. With the American public. <laughs> was Despacito. Despacito. So, by Luis Fonsi, Danny Yankee, and lastly, Justin Bieber. <laughs> if you have not listened to the original Despacito with, with just Luis Fonsi and Danny Yankee. That goes way harder than the <sighs> Justin Bieber remix. It's like, like, Justin Bieber, like, did to Despacito. This is an analogy. <laughs> Justin Bieber did... To this pasito, what Justin Bieber did 
the bad guy with Billie Eilish. Oh, yes. He ruined them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But okay. yes. But um, basically, most people don't know that Despacito had an original version before Justin Bieber yes. that was only Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee. And it was released in January of 2017. The Bieber remix, however, was released after they had already gained a lot of fame and success in Latin American countries with Despacito. Yeah. And then they released it in April of 2017 with Justin Bieber. I was listening to the original one. Same. Um, Like, January through March. And then, like... Oh, for sure. Like, I was like, oh, this goes hard. Like, it's a... Like, it's a good, yeah. like, reggaeton song. It's very different. But it was still a good song. But then, Despacito came out. And people literally, like did not know how to act. They were like <laughs> they were acting like it was the first Latin song to ever exist. But yeah. now like today, whenever I hear Despacito like the remix whenever it comes on shuffle, it's just a reminder that I have to get my shit together because Despacito to me now represents all that is bad in the world. Like <laughs> <laughs> like I can't listen to Despacito anymore. Of course, Despacito was a really good song. Like she said, I was jamming out to it when it came out, and Bieber hadn't done music for a long-ass time during that time. And, like, he just decided, you know what? I'm gonna jump on this song. I'm gonna, like... Justin Bieber didn't even know the the <laughs> words. He couldn't sing them because he... But, yeah, so Despacito, other than with Justin Bieber, as much as he kind of ruined the song, he allowed for it to really, like, propel forward in the yeah. United States. For sure. Because as you were saying, like, he hadn't written, or he hadn't released a lot of music in, exactly. like, in a while. And so he kind of propelled it forward, and people were, like, losing their mind, because they're like, Latin music is good? Like, wow! What? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then I Like It came out, and when I Like It came out, I don't think Cardi realized the power this collab was gonna have, like... I I appreciate Cardi. I've told this to Nat. I love her because she's Dominican. Like, I appreciate that she's honest, that she's that bitch. And, like, I like that she tried to make a song that... Like, that, went back to her roots. Yeah, yeah exactly. like, what she like, was trying to do. Um, yeah, and so, like, Cardi didn't really know, like, the power that Bad Bunny and J Balvin possessed in Latin America. Okay, like, I listened to I Like It... Because of J Balvin and Bad Bunny. Same. Because, for those who don't know, J Balvin, last year in 2019, he was one of the top Spotify artists. Like, he was the artist of the decade for 2019 with oh, Ariana. J Balvin has a musical monopoly. Sorry, my econ major is showing. <laughs> <laughs> he has a musical monopoly of the Latin American music industry, in a sense. So, I listen to I Like It because of that. But yeah, then, same. like, my American friends, they were like, oh, Cardi B, like, this is such a new song. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'm like, yeah, did you listen to Bad Bunny's verse? It goes so hard. And they're like, who's Bad Bunny? And yeah. I'm like, melting on the ground, like, Ugh. But, um, no, yeah, like, um, I told Nat when we were having this very heated discussion at, like, 11 at night in our dorm that I think that without I Like It, Latin music couldn't have stayed relevant. Yeah. Like, I think Despacito was kind of like, what you would say, like, a one-hit wonder, I guess. Kind of, yeah. It was like what, like, pe- it, was it like put a sampling. people's minds into, like, oh, Latin music is okay, I guess. It's like, like, a little sample. Like, 
Yeah. Oh, like, ooh, that was kind of good. They saw that it was successful, and then they released this, which was just amazing. It was a song yeah. of the summer. Cardi herself said in an interview with W Magazine that she never thought that it would, like, take off like yeah. it did. And, like, in 2018, Apple Music released that I Like It was the sixth most streamed song of that year, which is crazy. Yeah. Because, like, no Latin song had ever reached that point before. Yeah, and especially with streaming, it allows, like, music to be so much more globalized. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, like, music has been able to be listened to around the globe so much more easily because of these streaming services such as Apple Music and Spotify and all that. Um, And so, like, this kind of has kind of allowed for Latin music to be on the rise in the U.S. So, like, how do you feel about that? Like, that's, like, some of our closing remarks, I guess. I guess. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's good. I I think music, however, is something that is very global. And I think that I am very pro listening to other cultures' music. But yeah. I feel like other people listening to Latin music makes it also so that, like, Latinos are kind of heard out a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like it allows us to feel like we're more part of the American culture, but I still feel like there's a very long way to go. Like, But I guess you could also make that argument that there's a long way to go for everyone. Yeah. Kinda I mean, like, I feel like overall the music industry is very whitewashed. Yeah. Like, for sure. Like, I like it even, which was the biggest, like, Latin American song. Um, They do swear in both English and Spanish in the song, mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't speak Spanish. Yeah. Like, they say all this stuff, and, like, the American, like, government or, like, censor people or whatever. Yeah. The Federal Censorship Commission or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> AP Gov showing through. Um, they, like, censored the, like, English, like, swear words. They censor the N-word, but then they don't censor, like, chingar and cabron, which are, like, for the large majority of Spanish speakers in the U.S., they know what that means. Oh, for sure. So, like... I think that's kind of ironic, and it really shows how, like, the American public doesn't fully, like, understand. In the end, what we're trying to say, and what I think also we're trying to achieve with this podcast, is that we want more people to be able to listen to Latin music, understand it, even if you don't understand Spanish. We're here to try and ease you into it. So, along with our podcast, there's going to be a playlist with each episode, um, I'm curating the playlist. So this week, it's like some of the songs we mentioned in today's podcast, and also um, some of the songs by artists that we're going to be covering the next episodes. Because the next episodes, we're diving more into different artists and just their history. How have they been affecting Latin America? How have they been like changing the music industry? Just more about like specific artists. And that is it. So, so tune, tune in next, next time or, or whatever. whatever. This has been Natalia Camino and Maria Camaño on NBN.